Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in and returning to lesson four of Teach Me How to Love You Better. We are returning after a brief intermission to address some more serious issues other than the uh, relationship issues that we discussed primarily on Teach Me How to Love You Better. We actually took time to address abuse. And in this particular case, it was sexual abuse in the very first lesson segment titled Her Story, which featured a beautiful and brave soul by the name of Nico. Um, I would love to hear more men and women's views and opinions on that discussion on the abuse and mistreatments of women and how we can effectively change those things. Nico was very open and honest about her story and it was definitely an eye opener. But now we're here with a more intense conversation about shadow work that men need to do in order to evaluate themselves. How that shadow follows you everywhere you go, despite how well you're doing, and how it can unexpectedly appear before you at the most random times in your life and relationship. I was able to hold this conversation with a spiritual sibling and kindred spirit by the name of Christian, who helms and hones a space that aligns and postures you for this process by way of her podcast, Dem Chakras. We discuss how important shadow workers are to transparency, availability, and intentionality and our relationships with each other and venture off into a conversation about role playing that people tend to involve themselves in more often than not outside of a not so romantic setting. She was fearless, which I loved, and I listened, which I also enjoyed. Receiving this as I did, I'm pretty sure you'll find that there is so much nourishment and education in what she gifted us in expression. So ladies, support your sister. Fellas, sit back and shut the hell up. Because we as men need to hear this. Welcome to Shadow Work, which is lesson four of Teach Me How to Love You Better. So today, ladies and gentlemen, this is lesson four of Teach Me How to Love You Better. And today we have Miss Christian Brianna on the episode. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm strong. How are you? I am amazing. I'm so appreciative to be able to discuss something great and grand with you because um, we share quite a bit. And I know that you have a very interesting and somewhat compelling um, position when it comes to our men. Um, you're very passionate about the the work that is needed to better our men in a sense and um, to also encourage and empower them. And I personally um, appreciate it, but I also want to expose this ideal to the listener. So um, just give them a quick introduction of yourself and all of what you're doing so that the listeners can know exactly who you are. It's pretty plain and simple. I'm just your typical uh, aligned female. Like I'm, I'm just that goddess that just, I, I want to get, I want to get it together. I think that there's a disconnect between black men and women and Somebody has to be the person that starts such a difficult conversation, and I'm always challenging that, and I feel like it starts within ourselves in order for us to be able to output to others. So I think that having somebody to kind of lead the conversation and somebody who's not afraid to have those conversations is important. So I, I took on the responsibility, and I, I get it done the best way that I know how. And it has been really, really working. Um, I think for 
the past maybe two to three months, um, you've definitely imparted a lot of wisdom in me personally, just, um, you know, talking about shadow work and a lot of terminology that I never even, never even knew or were familiar with. And in this process, it seems that the more I'm introduced to things by you, it's easier for me to accept some of the hard truths because now I'm familiar with the process more than the actual feelings behind it. Like, I think the process helps me to see that growth hurts just as much as anything else. And then two, the embarrassment of it all is not as bad because I'm finding these things out in my own private spaces versus finding them out in public, which is something that I was so used to um, going through. Like you experiencing things in front of people and people are also noticing these things too. So um, I get to maintain some dignity in this process too. So um, I've been really appreciative of the conversations that we've had and um, they have been really helpful. So that's why I have you here today. Um, Just kind of give an idea of what it's like for you with the interactions you have with men. Uh, I So I grew up in a household. My dad was a single father. My parents divorced and I, I decided to live with him. And that's where it started because my dad had to live with some hard truths. He was married for 14 years. And then here he is not just as a single man, but as a single father. So he had to try to instill in, us that one, it was okay to be alone and, you know, to kind of, to deal with things, um, two, that it's possible to love again. And three, that the, the ball keeps rolling even after the fact. So in watching that was the reason why I, I have the push that I do because even in past relationships or even in friendships that I have with men, I, I see the lack of transparency in them for the fear of somebody judging them or for the fear of them actually being open and honest with their emotions and how people view that. Like men don't have the opportunity to be transparent individuals without judgment. And I find that to be asinine, to be honest. Like how is it that we request so much of a man? He's supposed to be such a strong being. He's supposed to be able to, to set the foundation as a woman, because that's who, that's what we're supposed to be looking for. We're supposed to be looking for a partner who's able to to stabilize, and yet he's not stable. So I feel like what we were asking for was impossible. So again, it somebody had to get the conversation going. So it's that it's the interactions in men since since I'm able to have those conversations to say, hey, I watched a man who was going through multiple sclerosis, diabetes, after being struck by a train and struck by lightning, still love his kids be able to love again and to be able to show that it's definitely possible and seeing that there was no excuse. Like any man that tries to gift me an excuse on why he can't, I I personally, I don't take it because I I've watched people go from nothing to something and be able to love again when the work is done behind it. So the shadow work, the affirmations, getting themselves together, the transparency, um, being okay with being embarrassed. Like you said before, like it, it comes at a price, but the payoff is, amazing so I don't I, I just I don't take it that's the biggest thing I just I don't take it anymore I don't take the excuse that it can't be done oh okay so when you've experienced those lessons of watching your father go through so much I mean apparently that had to be a 
a very like strenuous process to go through, of course, being a single father and then also having your struggles. Were there ever were there ever moments of resentment when you felt like he was emotionally unavailable to you due to the fact that he has so much to deal with? Most definitely. Mm. Yeah. I mean, because he's still my dad. So it was it's like. Yeah, I understand that you have things going on, but like at the same time, like you have to be a parent. And I think that was that was the hardest part for him, but also the hardest part for me because it it affect it affected my interactions with men positively and negatively until I got myself together. And it, it affected it negatively because it's like granted in everything that you have going on, I still need you to be here. So I was very selfish in those moments. But when I finally realized that the game wasn't for me, it was for them it, in order for them to. How are you any good to me if you're not good to yourself first? And that's what I got to realize. So it's like, well, granted, you're not emotionally available. First of all, let me be available for myself. Let me deal with me, because a lot of the time I was asking for them to kind of change something in, in me that I needed to work on myself. So once I realized that I was my own safe haven and I was my first line of defense and that he had to be his first line of defense in order to even be able to defend me in any sense of the word, whether it just be a hug, whether it be to be that blanket of security that I needed at that moment, that's when I got it. So yeah, almost definitely. What? There were times when my dad was not. And I'm just like, sir, no, you don't get a chance to cry right now. Uh, uh-uh. I just had a breakup or no, I just skinned my knee. No, school pictures are tomorrow. I need you to be here. But then I realized that there were means that I, I wasn't taking on the, the opportunity to be independent as well. So when I took on more of a role in just being a human being, then I didn't look at my father for, for much. I also it's different for me than it is for other people because I don't look at men the same as other people do. Like I don't look as a man as a, as a means of providing what I can't provide for myself. I look at it as an accessory or an enhancement. I don't, I don't look at it the same. Hmm. So when I finally, and I was young when I got that, my parents divorced when I was like 11 at, by like 13, I was the woman in my house. So I, I had to get it together. Like somebody had to be that feminine energy. It was too much testosterone in there. My dad, my brother and myself, like I, somebody had to, you know, kick it in the high gear, still cook dinner and still be there. So I had to realize that there were things that I had to do in order to even be able to allow him to even be him. So it, it but yeah, there were definitely times I resented my father a lot for not being able to give me the stability that I thought that I needed from him when I could have given it to myself. And it's amazing to hear how um, you tell this story, but then still in all, you give so much light and power and resource to men, even with the um, backstory behind it, because a lot of people don't really translate these kind of lessons correctly. Um, It turns into a lot of resentments and um, like distaste and stuff like that. So, to hear it is like, it just makes me want to get further into the conversation. So for you guys that are listening, this is, of course, Teach Me How to Love You Better, where we as men ask women um, to be vulnerable, honest, raw, vulgar, profane, any way in which they can express themselves to help us understand how they feel. We are receptive and we listen and we don't speak while these women are speaking. We actually take in everything That is given to us because the intent is to learn how to love our women better. So to get this process started, there is a question that I will ask Christian um, based on the ideas of learning how and what they feel 
um, we need to do to be better. And while she's speaking, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be absolutely quiet. I'm going to let her get all of her thoughts out. And then I am not to say anything until she says, okay, BJ, you can speak now. And after that, I will ask my questions. I will interrogate all of the things that she's saying so that we can get a clear and concise understanding of this part of the show. And then we go into a small topic. So are you ready for the question? I am. All right. So the question is, in what way or area as a woman do you feel a man could do better by women, but not for their own benefit, but for the benefit of the woman that he aspires to love? There needs to be a lot more transparency in it. And again, that's my opinion. There there needs to be a lot more transparency. How am I supposed to be any good to you if you're not good to yourself? You don't even know what you're going through until you realize what you've gone through. And that's the thing. We as women look for men to be a safety net for us. It's some type of safe haven. And it's something that we can't give ourselves because we don't possess that. We are to be nurturers. We are to be the maternal figure to our children. We are to be all these things. And we look for you to be that safety. If anything goes down, you're supposed to be the person that we turn to. If there's any type of question that we have in which we can't find the answer within ourselves, We're looking for it not only to be confirmed by you, but solidified in you that if I don't have it, that you do. The thing is, is that how do you know what you possess as a man until you realize what you possess as a man? There has to be some transparency there. There, And I'm not saying that it's transparency in us communicating. That should always be there. If I'm talking to you, you should definitely be talking back and being honest. But being honest with yourself, like that's what the shadow work is for. It's to figure out where these triggers are coming from, to figure out what happened in your childhood. There, There's so many instincts that a man experiences that we as women don't even shed light on. Like we see it, we know that it happened. But at what point do we say, okay, he hasn't dealt with that yet. So right now he's not good to me. So it'll be, he maybe had, he had to be the man of his household when he was younger. Dad left. So he had to be the provider at 13. What, what boy knows what to be for the man of his house other than to take out the trash, maybe cook a meal every now and then, but to have to make decisions to the point where it's affecting, not maybe just him, but his mother, his siblings to watch his mom struggle so that as he gets older, his woman never has to struggle, but doesn't understand that he can't coddle her in those moments. And he has to let her breathe and be a woman. Like it's those things. There's not enough transparency that men offer themselves in order to get themselves together to be the safety net that we need. Like at no point should a man ever feel like he can't be him. Like men are supposed to be strong. Men are supposed to be uh, this this providing individual. Men are supposed to be like level headed. We don't allow men to be angry when they're when they need to be angry. A lot of the time it's said that like grown men don't cry or if a grown man does cry, there has to be like a loss or there has to be something like truly traumatic. Why is it that this man can't cry because he's feeling something that he's feeling? It's that transparency. A man should know who he is I always say that you should give your emotions a name and that doesn't mean like you know name them like oh this is BJ oh this is Christian and it's your anger or it's your depression it's 
knowing what you feel. So when you're triggered by something, when it kicks in a high gear, it's like, okay, when my leg is tapping and my eye is jumping, that means that I'm angry. When I'm, you know, super sad and I just kind of want to be by myself, that's me being depressed. When you have that transparency in you, it's defined through your actions with other people. So if you come to somebody, let's say you're even talking to somebody and you know that in moments you, you get to the point where you shut down, you can say, hey, listen, I'm just letting you know I've had a hard week or today was just a hard day. Uh, I'm just going to be kind of like to myself. It's just me right now. I'm just depressed. It's that that's transparency. It relates to the relationship, but it first starts within him because he was transparent enough with himself to be able to organize his thoughts to say, okay, this is the emotion that I'm feeling in order for that, for me to be even, to even be healthy emotionally for her. Like, we, we just ask for too much as women. And sometimes I just feel like we we're asking for a man to be all these things. And yet he can't be that for himself. And if he can't be that for him, how are you supposed to be that for me? And then what, what am I requiring of you? Like I'm asking you to be all of this and you're not even that on your own. So you're this thing. And then a lot of single men are, just human beings who are just out here just living. They don't even take the time to look at themselves emotionally because they were never granted the access. As women, we're taught as like women. We're given the dolls. We're given all of this. And we're supposed to be this maternal figure. Like we, we're we're taught from a young age to be maternal, to be wife-like. Like it's, it's embedded in us. It's something that we're taught. Men don't get, they're not taught how to be emotional creatures. They're not taught how to be husbands. They don't aspire to marriage. It's not for them. So then they grow up with this foundation of confusion and it relates to the relationship. They're not themselves. They're, uh, they're someone, they have a name, but they're not them. And then we end up meeting them, getting into these relationships with them. They're completely confused on who they are. And then what is it up to us in order for them in order for us to kind of be the therapist, in order for them to figure it out. Meanwhile, trying to figure out who we are because our entire life, all we've ever been doing is taking care of people. That's not how that works. How it should work is that a man is supposed to be him and who he is. I always say, be who you be, not who you are, but be who you be. I be, and it sounds like poor English, but it that's the standard. That is such a strong place to stand i be like i be strong i be me know who you be like know who know the the legs that you stand on in order for you to be able to hold anything else like if you think of a table the table is not a it, a table is that it holds so much and a table can hold hella weight but if a table is weak at any point you put too much weight on that table it's going to become too much so this man goes throughout his whole life being what's holding everybody else or or holding this woman or holding these women and then he gets into a let's say a stable relationship comes across this woman who wants to give him their all it's too heavy it's too heavy for him to hold and then i'm looking at him like well why the hell can't you hold it up why can't you do this why can't you do that because he never dealt with what he needed to deal with in order to be the stable foundation when he was by himself. And I call bullshit on that. 
I don't I feel like he's not telling us nothing because he never got the chance to experience what the something really is. There's no definition to what he's feeling. He just knows that he's feeling something. So when he's putting holes in the wall or when he's walking out and he's, you know, speeding out in his car. My dad is the perfect example of that. My dad would just get in his car and peel off. And when he came back, he was totally fine. And when we asked him what happened, it's just like nothing. I'm over it. No, nigga, it was something. You just didn't say anything because you don't know what to say. You don't even know how to put it into words because you've never had the opportunity to do so. And I think that I just think that that's such a jacked up way to be like allow men to get themselves together, be transparent with them, do the shadow work. And when they finally get to us, when we finally cross paths with creation gives us the opportunity to magnetize that energy to the point where we are now becoming one, he will be a lot better off because what he's able to communicate to me, what he's able to give to me is that he knows exactly who he is and that he's secure in who he is, what he feels, what he's able to give me, the points in which he's not strong and we're able to work from that because now we have a stable foundation to stand on. We as women, we know what we're not good at. A lot of the time we don't want to admit to it, but how many times have you talked to a man and he's really been able to admit that he's really not on his shit at that point? He's not going to. And it's not because there's a fear of losing. He honestly doesn't care if he loses you or not because there's going to be another woman that comes along. It's the fact as though he can't admit to it because he might not really know what he's experiencing it's like a a lack of emotional education and sometimes therapy can't fix that you you got to do the work within yourself you can talk to somebody all day long even in a relationship talk to your spouse all day long talk to your partner all day long and they can ask you a hundred questions but the premonition the the epiphany doesn't come until you've been sitting and talking to yourself and dealing with what happened before you met them before you you actually get it together that's when you get it together like i feel like the shadow work really happens when you're talking to yourself because when you're talking to yourself you're answering your own questions and people say you shouldn't talk to yourself or you should but just don't answer yourself no talk to yourself ask yourself those questions and wait for you to respond because you, you're the realest nigga in the room you're going to react to you and the way that you react to you when you realize that a trigger is not necessarily a trigger is what you're responding to, but when you realize what you're responding to is that trigger, then it's like, damn, that, that's exactly what it is. And then let's say you're in a relationship, maybe y'all was beefing about something. When you go back to her, not only are you telling it, but you're excited to tell her like, oh my God, you remember the other night when I put a hole in the wall? And it's like, yeah, like don't do that shit again. It's like, well, damn, but like, no, I figured out where this shit came from. And it's like, oh, okay. And then you build from that. It, it's that. I feel like it's a transparency and the shadow work is really like the the ground of it. It's the transparency that men have to gift themselves in order to be able to be transparent with other people. And I feel like until that happens, relationships are going to be built on just unstable foundations and it's really going to fuck up some really great bonds because a man just isn't able to get to know him before he gets to know her. Okay, BJ, you can speak now. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> you gave me more than any guest has ever given me. And it was so detailed. It was so much authority and power in what you were saying. And I'm trying to grasp everything that like came to mind while you were speaking. But the one thing that I think I'm going to touch on in the short of this particular part of the conversation. I think that 
when it comes to the shadow work that you speak of, there's a certain level of trade that men do not have. The actual institute in which they were educated in, whether it be relationship, you know, general education, whatever, sometimes the curriculum, for a lack of a better word, is not best suited for the kind of guy that has to learn the lesson, right? And there's this moment where to most men, and I've been this guy before, you'll get so frustrated in knowing what you're up against or what you have to face that instead of being defeated and embarrassed, you will just settle for not knowing because no matter what, no matter what you face in that relationship, when that woman asks you, well, why are you this way? Or why do you do the things that you do? You're more comfortable with just saying, I don't know why, because Mm -hmm. it makes it easier for you not to go into that, that dark place of your own feelings and deal with the fact that the, the odds were against you. The, the level of expectation was extremely high. Um, Society men actually join in with the societal standards of relationships that um that women tend to perpetuate where yep. they say um a man is supposed to do men join in that conversation so not yep. only are you um pressed to live up to the standards of women you also have to face your brother's expectations as well you have all of these yep. different things going on and you just decide to settle for not knowing yep. you know there's no um, there's no better way to communicate to men how to go about um, positioning yourself properly, um, working on your posture in a relationship. So naturally, I think like we need like tricks of the trade in a sense to to know how to go about these things because I know how I know how it feels to be embarrassed to have a woman expect something from you. But then I had to also realize she never even asked me, was I knowledgeable of what she needed? Or she never asked me, was there um, previous experience and some of the things that she's coming to the table lacking? Like there's never been that transparency that you speak of. So I think what I ultimately want to get at, and I want you to answer this for me, is, is it fair not to know as a man? Because no, it's not. It's not. Why do you say it's not? Because when you settle for something, you're accepting satisfaction. Why just be satisfied with something? Mm. There are so many other positive ways to feel. Why is satisfaction what we settle for? Like to, to just be satisfied with something like there are people who retire from jobs that they're satisfied with. But imagine to retire from something that you truly, truly love. It's a it's a way better feeling. People divorce because of, of not being satisfied. If you are overly elated with the person that you're with, there would be no reason for a divorce. But it has so, to be it has to be some sense of understanding that being happy does not mean being together. Is that a is that a real which thing? Is, which is it's it's very much fair. It's to say that how I look at settling for anything is that what you see is what you get, not realizing that there's a lot more out there. So I think it, it has a lot to do with like the concept of time. How long have you spent on this? So like you were saying, a lot of men have a a poor curriculum in which they are attempting to learn, or they're not even able to learn because the curriculum isn't the, the correct one set. 
you have to think about how long he's been looking at that same curriculum. The thing is, is that at what point do you become unsatisfied with what's placed in front of you and want more? I think that, like you said, society has set a standard that settling is okay because there's a normalcy for things now. Like it's normal for situationships. It's normal to just kind of be like, oh, okay, well, I feel like, you know, this is the best that I'm going to get. I feel like, you know, nothing else good can come from this because nothing else good has ever come from it. Not to realize like you're not dying tomorrow. I mean, you could, but you're not dying tomorrow. So who's to say that something else good wouldn't come from that? What you want is on the other side of fear. And I, I believe that wholeheartedly. And until you actually take the step out and realize that what you want is on the other side of fear, you're always going to settle for what's right there at that line because it looks good. It look it, it looks good. It feels good. It feels well, let me not say it feels good. It feels better than what you're feeling. So why search for anything more than that? Because what I've gotten now is a taste of what I could have, but I don't want to attempt to lose it. The brain is trained for pain. So you get to a point where you're happy and then you get to a point where it's just like, okay, well, I don't want to lose this. So let me just take what I have and maintain it so that I don't lose this feeling, not realizing that something else greater can come from it. I'm just an optimist. So I think that's also where that comes from, where I feel like the sky isn't the limit because the sky is not the only thing. I can look up and see the sky, but I know there's definitely a space past that. And past that, there's galaxies. And past that, there's a, a whole black hole. And that black hole is infinite. So I don't I don't look at them. There are no limitations. What I want is on the other side of fear. And with me being fearless, I'm able to attain all that I want. And all that I want has no limit. So I don't know how it works for other people. I, I just feel like, again, there's no excuse to obtaining what you really want because you know in your heart of hearts what you really want you settle for what you get when you work to a certain point because it's better than what you felt Mm. okay okay so in saying that when you say that um what you want is on the other side of fear then why is it that women fear dating potential and dating um men who have to do shadow work and have to do the 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 trial and error of their emotional character like why do women fear that if what you're saying is the blessings or the the joy is on the other side of what you may be fearing or dreading to go through with this man who has this work to do because they're stubborn because as women we feel like we first of all we as women feel like we are and to a to a point i do agree that we are the most underappreciated species of this planet. Mm -hmm. So in that, we feel like, well, if we can't get what we want, I'm not ready to sit up here and work with you so that you get what you want out of you. And then you go be this man for somebody else. Personally, I could never date for potential in a, in a man that I see doesn't want to do the work. So I think there's also a, a level of, blind that we take to it because as women we only look at the surface value of a man a lot of the time like if he's if he responds fast to text messages we just assume that he's consistent Mm. if he Mm. tells us one time that he feels a certain kind of way let's say he had a bad day at work and he expresses that to us one time we assume that he's in tune with his emotions we take that so we don't even know that he has potential to do anything else because we've accepted what's in front of us. It's we're all guilty of it. The thing is, is that until we understand that a man does have, has potential, but he has to work and he has to show 
that he has the the strength in order to be more than what he is, we're not doing it. Some women are stronger than others. Myself, I can't date a man that I can't see the strength in, and I should be able to see the strength from you from jump. And that's in just within the relationship that we have. If I'm talking to you, there's a certain amount that you should be giving me from jump. I can see the potential in a person when I first see them, but that's just because I'm good at reading people. Some people aren't good at that. So again, that's when you get into that that form of settlement. Right, right. Yeah, you dropping a lot of gems. Okay, <laughs> we um in the previous episode that um I just done with uh, Autumn Woodland, she was saying that what women need now uh, more than anything, in her opinion, was understanding. How does understanding mm-hmm. relate to um the transparency that a man would have to come forward with? Um, well, no, let me rephrase that question because I want to ask this to the women, not the men. But um, how does understanding um, relate to men being transparent when it comes a point where he has to own who he really is and it could possibly be disappointing to you? Like how important is understanding on the woman's part? Because you're asking him to do the work. You're asking Mm -hmm. him to take the necessary steps to betterment and um, wholeness and fulfillment within self. And you find out that in finding these things, he's still not for you. How does understanding play a part in that process with a woman? Is she Does she dread finding these things out? Is she upset or bitter? Like, how do you play, how does understanding play a part in a situation like that? A woman who understands is a woman who comprehends. So mm. when you understand what's going on in front of you, you can comprehend what's going on in front of you, which means you're able to break it down. It's like, I look at, I look at the situation kind of like a paragraph. So like, there's this introduction to this man. I've met him. This is what he's given me. And then I had these supporting paragraphs. So it's like, okay, this is what he's given me. The first paragraph is to support it. And then the second paragraph might be the potential. He's, he's shown me that he has the opportunity to be better because he sees that in these areas, he can be better. Or he can do better. Or if he puts the amount of effort in, he will become better. But then that supporting paragraph may be that he's done the work and realizes that this is all that he has to give me. I have to be able to also understand my worth to know that what he has going on isn't for me. The thing is that I can't demean him as a man for doing the work and realizing that that, that's all he has to give. I'm either going to accept it. Because I'm not settling at that point. Settling would mean that I saw that you could have done the work, you didn't do the work, and now we're here. No, I saw that you did the work. Something came from the work. I'm proud of you for doing the work, and we're going to rock out like this. I see that you've done the work. I've seen what you put out. I'm very proud of what you've done. I appreciate you for all that you've done, and we're going to rock from here. Or it's that happily ever after. You did the work. You put the work forward. You came out on top. Baby, now we rocking with it. Not only am I proud of you, but look at what you've able to what, look at what you've developed from that. It's it's all about understanding and also being able to comprehend that every man ain't for you. Sometimes, as women, what we have to understand is that yes, we build men for other women, but in that, in helping him, he's also helped us to build ourselves for the next man. We're not always going to have to be the teacher. We're not always going to have to be the nurse. We're not always going to have to be the nurturer. There are going to be times where we're just going to be the woman and he's just going to be the man. But in the meantime, in between time, while we go through this, let's go through this together. 
And in you going through this, I'm going to understand that this is what you're going through at this moment. And I'm going to comprehend that right now, this is what you're giving me. And whatever the end all be all is, I can either choose to accept it, respect it, and we rock out with it, or I accept it, respect it, and we keep on pushing. Mm, 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 mm. All right. So I think with what you just said, which is a whole lot, and I know that this could have been the entire conversation, but <laughs> what's interesting is um, the woman that you are is a a huge contrast to the woman that we're going to speak about in this small topic. Now, mm -hmm. from my personal experiences, um, women are big on having a type, right? A type mm -hmm. that they will claim to be a perfect fit, but each man that she's believed to be her match ends up kind of on the same level or the same result. Either it doesn't work or it just wasn't a good fit. When you think of these circumstances, a woman tends to have the same opinion about every instance in which she's encountered these men. And it's always the man's fault, right? Mm hmm it's um you know and then you hear the the ideals of the men are whatever the adjective is is up to you but you get those moments where now you're grouping all of the guys to be the same and not yep. once did you look at yourself mm -hmm. and expecting a man to do um the work that you're speaking of um sometimes the women don't realize that they haven't done it either and there's a strong possibility that what we're getting ready to talk about is the case in point of why women go through the same things over and over again is because they're simply typecasted. Now, when you yep. think about movies, there are so many actresses and actors who are legends in the game for only playing one type of character. Like literally, when you think of like Bo King Woodbine, you think the common street nigga. When you think Michael mm -hmm. E. Lee, you think the pretty boy. Paula Patton is like the whitewashed, skinny, black doll. You know, or you think like Michael Beach is like the serial cheater. Like, they don't have to look at the script to play these roles perfectly. They know these roles so well that they literally can play these things without looking at the paper. They know how to ad-lib. They know how to take the directions from different places to make other scenarios. They, they know how to embellish and you're comfortable in being in this space. And this is like what I mean by typecasted. You're so comfortable in this space of blaming men and blaming other things that you tend to forget that you play a significant part and how mm -hmm. this story plays out. So that's what I wanted to talk to you about. So to get into the conversation, we can say, well, I'll start here. Can plan, can playing the same role in life and love enable you to know the type of character that you would like to be like the back of your hand? Like when I ask this question, I'm thinking of in a sense, like, because you know what you've gone through all these years, can that develop a sense of character within you to where you say, I just want a man that not realizing that you've played a significant part and the type of people you've attracted. Is that possible? I feel like the only way that I can answer that is you're going to be who, whatever role you keep accepting. Mm. That's it. It, it. If 
the the reason why those actors and the examples that you used are so good at playing that part is because that's what they do. They played that part. They know that there's a, a level of comfortability there because they don't have to change. Why does the behavior have to? I'm still going to get paid if I am this ex- same exact person exactly. all the time. All the time. And if I know that that budget is, is, a, is a mean budget, that budget is going to take care of me for a cool minute until this role comes along again, then why change it? Right. I'm going to accept what's in front of me because that's what's working. Like you said, but not realizing that all you're doing is continuously damaging the opportunity to be better. If you fall into a level of comfortability based on a habit, you're never going to come out of it. People date the same kind of people for a means of habit. So if you find yourself having to always take care of a man, it's because you keep dating the same type of men. They might not look the same. He might not come to you each and every time needing money. It might be the next time he just need a shoulder to lean on. He just need a couch to sleep on for a couple of days. He just need to drive your car back and forth to work till his car get out the shop. If you keep accepting the role and you're comfortable in that role and habit is what's the payoff and you're comfortable in that habit, you'll never find a means to change. And if you want to be somebody different, stop accepting that role. Mm, 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 mm. All right. I totally agree with that, by the way, but we're going to (laughs) move on. (laughs) Okay. So uh, women tend to enjoy controlling the narrative for how they see their lives going. And is it possible that adding a director in a sense, which could be a man or could be somebody you look up to, um, is adding a director that you are comfortable with possible to make the script or your performance improve? Now, the reason why I say director ultimately is because women tend to have an issue with the ideas of submission and being the the person that will probably take directive in a household. But I've never seen that to be offensive. I think that if it's managed by, you know, somebody spiritually in tune, um, somebody, you know, respectable and also having morals and integrity, that that serves as a benefit. But how is it that we can make women see the benefit of having somebody in the lead role or somebody who advises you on the directions in which you should take play your part and play your part to the best way you know how it's so for i'll use spike lee spike lee is probably one of the craziest men known to man like his way of thinking his thought process is something that a lot of people respect but they can't get behind but at no point do you question spike lee as any as at any role and especially as a director because what he does he does well So if you're going to play your part, play it to the best of your ability. As a woman, I can say that if a man comes into my life, even in the relationships that didn't work, when he came into my life and he played his role correctly and he was the, I have gained so much from previous relationships and understanding who I am as a woman because he allowed himself to be the man in order to get me to a position to understand my role as a woman. So if you are going to gift me the leadership to say, hey, Listen, I know what I'm doing. And then through your actions, you can support you saying, hey, listen, I know what I'm doing. I have no I have no problem with following. Direct me. Show me where to go. 
please, because it's one less thing for me to worry about. It's one less thing for me to stress about. Because at the end of the day, I know that you're not leading me down a path of dysfunction. You know that anything Spike Lee comes out with is either going to be a banger, and for most of it, it has been, or it's going to be something where at most it's going to make you think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not never do you question him as a director though, because you know that something is gonna come from it. If a man comes into my life and he can be that director, where it's just like, babe, listen. Especially, I'm. I can admit that I'm not like the best financially. Like I'm not crazy, but I'm not the best financially. If a man could come into my life and direct me in that way, and I see that through his means of living, like he never really wants for anything, and he's able to support himself in what he needs and be able to support his wants without any type of question. I'm not questioning that. So be the director. If you can be the director and show me the credentials behind it, show me what you've produced. I'm not questioning you. I'm not questioning you at all. Hmm. You got all the perfect answers. (laughs) Okay. So um, this is just a question that's going to lead into the types of um, typecasted characters, women, tend to fall into when they get into these circumstances and relationships. But the question I'm going to ask before we get into that is what is your dream role as a woman? And what is the role you, what is the role that you've been preparing for your entire life? And what kind of co-star do you need to play that role effectively? I, I just want to be a goddess. Let me be me. I am impulsive when it comes to like things that I want to do. I'm a dreamer and I want to get it done by no means. If I say that I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it. I just need you to support me 110%. I need you to back me up on that. I also want to be a one, like, let me be a woman. Like I still want to be this fragile individual. Granted, I'm very headstrong, but I, I, there are still moments where I want to be fragile. I want to be able to submit to you. I want to be able to learn from you, but I also in being the opposite, I want to be the one who's able to learn from you. There's so much to me, like this is a layered question. I just want to be a woman. And in order for you to be the God to my goddess, I need you to be a man. I need you to be able to lead by example. I need for you to not question me when I tell you that I got it. Don't tell me that you have it. Let me do it because I clearly, I'm not, as a woman, there's a certain amount of strength that I have to have and a certain amount of confidence that I have to have in order to be able to come to my man and be like, babe, you ain't even got to worry about that. I got it. Let in those moments where I tell you that I'm able to lead, I'm able to get this pack together. Let me be the leader. Fall back for a second and let me be me. You do you and just know that in the event that I happen to fall, that you got me. That's all I need. All right. So let's get into the typecast of characters that we as men can sometimes place our women in. The first mm-hmm. typecast of character is the ride or die. Right. Mm-hmm. The rider dies the most sought after role amongst some women who are fighting for positions in men's lives. And no matter how many times you've died in the film, right, we're just going to leave it at the film example. You done died mm-hmm. in this movie. I don't know how many times you still think that the script is going to potentially yield you a different plot or ending to this movie. And based on your experiences, what was ever the value in being a man's ride or die? I look at the 
I look at the events in which I died. Why is it that I keep getting shot at? And this is figuratively speaking. Why is it that I keep dying? And I and I think about that. Why is it that I keep dying? Why is it that they shooting at you and yet I'm always the one jumping in front of the bullet? Why do I feel like you don't have you enough in order for you to be able to take this bullet and to live from it? I I can't I can't take pain half as heavy as a man could because a lot of the time the man is supposed to be bigger than me. I feel like women fall into that category because a lot of the time we just, we, we again, you said it, we just want to be able to say that we did it. And we also don't like to see men hurt. So we, we take that on. It's just, we become the ride or die. It, it's a, it's a habit. And it's the fact is though we just accept it. There's, right. there's no rhyme or reason to that. It's That's like the most, blatant white bread answer like it's just what it is it's because no matter how many times somebody keeps shooting at us we love this man so much that we just keep gonna keep jumping in front of the bullet we don't it's, we're stupid that's what that boils down to we don't know no better mm. so what exactly does a man do to deserve a ride or die woman like what did he have to do to make you that he he showed us that he couldn't take it mm. that it, somebody shooting at him actually scared him and that it didn't mm, scare mm, us. Mm, 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 mm. And that and that is it. I I've been that. And that that's maybe I need to do some shadow work with that because that I think that just triggered me for a second. That I, I've been that. He he explained that, listen, I could sell uh, and uh, because again, a lot of the time he's being shot at is in these like hood films. He could sell drugs all day long. He could threaten a couple dudes. But if the dude come back on him, he's not going to know how to deal with that. The thing is, is that he's expressed him being scared and I'm not used to my man being scared. I don't like my man being scared. And when my man is scared, he can't protect me. So let me go ahead and protect him so that he's no longer scared. The thing is, is that in the event of that happening, now I die. Mm. I really want women to understand that um, real men don't make women ride or die anything. <laughs> you better say it. You know, like... um. And I, I mean, of course, I used to pride myself on that same ideal of, you know, that's my, you know, my bottom or whatever you wanted to call it. You know, you wanted to do as much as you could to relate to the terminology and the community in which you came out of. But um, real women have never been ride or dies. They'll definitely mm -hmm. tell you if you go out here and do that, I'm gone. Um, they'll they'll set the tone and the standard for how the house is supposed to be, you know, put together and established like they they don't do those type of things so everything that you said was like spot on about how women end up in those places and i never seen it that way like that is a sense of fear when yeah. a man puts a woman in that position because he's definitely saying that i can't handle what's to come and women yeah. always have that wherewithal and that intuition and that virtue, like that virtue is almost in them at infancy stages. Like they don't know that they want to be mothers and in the kitchen cooking. But naturally, as as children, they have the easy bake ovens, they have the kitchens and they have these things at such a young age. And those intuitions just develop into something marvelous and what we know as black magic, you know, and yeah, that fear I, like that that was crazy because that's exactly what it is is fear mm. yep. okay i'm learning as you can tell <laughs> so the next typecast that we have is the victim anytime a man encounters a woman who is going through or transitioning out of a relationship 
the message that seems to be communicated is it was the men's fault or it was their blame. Our women with the intent of being fulfilled and being in transparent relationships, um, do they know what it means to be accountable for their actions and feelings just in case you did decide to take it upon yourself to be that ride or die and now you're of a vic- you're a victim of a emotional homicide of a sense like can you take that accountability and say that's my choice or is it still the man's responsibility because had not he placed you in that position you wouldn't have been there in the first place had you had not allowed him to put you in that position you wouldn't have been there in the first place there's if women took more accountability for what we do in relationships we would not be in relationships for half as long as we we stick through them. Mm, we stick mm-mm. we stay there because it's a potential thing but we also stay there because we really feel like this man that we have taken the time to get to know he's not going to waste my time he's not going to hurt my feelings he would never no sis he would there is an opportunity for him to come in to make some shit shake to move some stuff around and you might be the one ass out the thing is is that if you if you prepare yourself for it, not to say that you're passive aggressive, but if you prepare yourself for the the position that this man may become, you won't be as surprised by it. There will get to a point where your guard is 110% down with a man. Like he will get you to the point where your guard is down, but you should never be down and out. You should always be somewhat defensive of your feelings because not only is he your man, he's still a person. He's still somebody who can and to be honest if a man really loves you he wouldn't put you in that position to begin with so you had to take accountability for your actions how was he rocking with you to begin with how, how has he been treating you this entire time to the point where you didn't see it because then you're just blind to it on purpose mm. man you got them answers you got them answers <laughs> all right so we are at the very last typecast for this conversation And the last typecast is somebody's son, right? That somebody's son woman, in a sense. What does it say about a woman who posts a somebody's son post beyond the intent of foresight or mere joke? Like, in a sense, when you say somebody's son, that's almost open-ended. That could be anybody. That could be all of those same niggas that you've encountered when you was a ride or die that puts you in those victimizing positions. Ultimately, what we don't understand is that somebody's son sometimes is not specific enough. And Mm -hmm. I want to add some perspective because not only, I mean, I'm not taking away from the intent of what I believe the statement is supposed to represent. It's just saying that somebody eventually is going to appreciate being and spending this time with me. And I get that. But um, just the perspective of it all is is simply saying somebody's son not being specific enough or does it communicate how indirect your taste is in men or standards are in men? And this is how you tend to play these roles. So you just narrowed it down to somebody's son because you have no idea how or even who you attract. It it depends on the woman. So I feel like There are certain women that I know that when they make those posts, the photo behind it says a lot more than what they're trying to depict. Like if there's pictures of them 
on vacation, then you want somebody who's able to provide that vacation. And you know that you're going to be provided, you're going to be provided for. Mm -hmm. If it's me laid up with you all night, that that's generic. That could be anybody's son. You know how many people got sons out here? It, that could be any man. I think it's it's what the actual post poses within the photo that says a lot about what you're trying to make from it, if that makes sense. Right. So if right. I'm that's sitting, what I'm getting the, to. Yeah, if it's a picture of a man sitting at a desk and he looks like this successful individual and you're behind him and you're walking with him and it says me and then it says somebody's son, then that is the position posed. If it's just you booed up or is you hopping in this man's arms, all you need him to be is strong up top. He can have, you're not setting the standard or the boundary for what it is that you really want. All you're attempting to manifest is somebody who's willing to put up with you long enough for you to get what the right, picture right. is trying to That's put exactly out. That's what exactly I'm, what I'm trying to say because it's almost like when I see it and this is just the man on the outside looking in. You've been in those pictures already. Mm -hmm. You've been in every depiction. Like you've been in all of those, um, those sceneries that have been set in each of those posts, but nothing about your role has changed. Exactly. So that's what I'm getting at. It's like, what are you saying or what are you communicating when you say somebody's son is somebody's son, the, the problem, or is it the person that is actually trying to, attract the sun that makes a difference to the post because usually the man usually the man looks as if he's the one investing if you can like mm -hmm. see the positioning of um some of the posts like i did see like one young lady is like leaning in while the guy is like pushing up like it's still that position of a man making the effort and you're just kind of waiting on the occasion or the interaction to take place you've been in this picture before but what yeah. about it or what does it say now that you've experienced being the ride or die for somebody's son or being the victim of somebody's son what is different about the picture that you can say explains how you are or what you're going to do going forward so I feel like it's the it's the standard of the picture. So if it's a picture based on success, then it's something that she's working towards. If it's a picture of something that's really like minute, it's just something that she's begging for. You, it's just something that you want. When you get it, you got it and it's over. You don't even have any intent on really sticking by him. It's those moments in which you see that there had to be some work put in in order for this photo to even be a thing. And not to mention, and let me be honest, it really all depends on the woman posting the picture because that says a lot about her. Sometimes it'll be something funny, you know, something that's just pure entertainment. Right. But it also says something about the person posting it, because if all you want is somebody to lay with, then you don't care what kind of man comes from that photo. So right. what you're basically saying is that I don't care who it is. I just want somebody. I Listen, I'm just trying to put it on his forehead. Point blank, period. I don't care what. I don't care what he looked like, what he come from, as long as it's, this is what I'm begging for. This is what I want at this moment. And I don't want to have to put any work in for it. But in those moments where those photos are showing success and real love and, and what, what is genuine, you know that, that that's probably a woman or there is a woman that's worked hard 
or is working hard in order to get that. And to be honest, the women that are really working towards what they really want aren't even posting those photos. Mm. Man, man, man. You bodied this, man. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. All right. So um, we're going to end it here. We're just like maybe a few minutes close to an hour. So I'm going to ask just the last remaining um, questions and they're not very detailed. It's just like some, some lighthearted questions that pertaining that's pertaining to the conversation. So um, what is the steps to getting a breakthrough role? Like, you know, the role that you actually been dreaming to play besides the ones you've been playing, you know, your life, your lifetime or your career. Practice makes perfect. So what you really want, work on that. You you know what you're good at, but you also know the, the areas in which you need to to better yourself in order to achieve something great. So in those moments, don't focus on what you already know you're good at. Focus on what you're, you haven't yet really made the profession in mm -hmm. and then work hard on that in order to get those breakthrough roles. Right. Okay. Um, are women above auditioning for better roles in relationships simply because they have a previous resume? No. You can apply for 110 jobs, but they might not all be within the same genre. So you're going to have to update your resume as much as possible. And some of the best resumes have lengthy experiences. So you got to try different things. You're not, no, you're not above auditioning at all. You need to get out there and you need to show people that you are just as capable of holding the role that you're attempting to develop. You And when your co-star comes along, they need to be know that you're able to be that leading lady. And in order for that to happen, your resume is going to need tweaks. Not everybody, not everybody looks at your resume the same. So what I look at is, as being a strength, some people might look at it as being a weakness. So no, you, you're not above auditioning at all. Get back out there. All right. So does the fact that you have a story to tell justifiable for what you believe you deserve? It plays a part, but no, I could tell you all day long what I've gone through. That doesn't mean you're going to hand it to me. Nope. That, that, mm -hmm. That's not what, that, what it means is that you have a story to tell. Okay. And your story is not over again. You're not dead yet. There are more chapters to this book. Keep writing. Mm, okay. Do women study the roles they actually want? Women do. Girls don't. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Okay. And um, how hard will a woman actually work for that honorary role of a queen in a man's life? As hard as she has to. When you, when you, listen, listen, when you, when creation has, watches you put the work in, because I am experiencing this now in my life and the changes that I have gone through from the woman that I was to the woman that I am becoming in the mere almost 26 years of my being. That woman did not have the opportunity to audition for half of the roles that this woman has the opportunity to. So it really is a matter of finding oneself. Work on you love you get you together because when that man comes along and that man sees that you have the potential he's not gonna let you go anywhere and it's not let me not say potential but when he sees that you're playing the role that he's looking for in order to be his queen he's not gonna let you go anywhere men men don't men will pick and choose all day long but when he's 
finally locked his eyes on one and he wants you to be the leading lady, you're not going anywhere. And the man that you're looking for is out there. Be optimistic, but work on you. Do the shadow work, run them lines, figuratively speaking, and and get it done. Because when he comes along, there's not going to be too much that you can do in order to move from that position because you're there for a reason. Mm. You did an amazing job at teaching <laughs> teaching men like countless things. I I really enjoyed this one. This one was like I was nervous initially because we set out to talk about something completely different. And I just kind of put this together within the last maybe I want to say 30 minutes before we started. And I was just like trying to figure out like if this was going to be strong enough, but like your perspective and your authority and all of the things that you brought to the table were very, very, very detailed. And there's so much that can be extracted from the lessons that you gave us today. So I really appreciate you for giving me this information. This is amazing. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Can you, you know that you make magic. You can pull something out your head in 15 minutes and, and we can make it shake. I think like, like we said before, it's really all on the frequency of, of the two people. And if they vibe well, magic's going to come from that regardless. You, yeah, you know man. that you're the goat. Like, they ain't man. No, you know, I was, no, I was so paranoid. I'm like, man, I hope I didn't, I didn't fumble this one because I know, like, I know the potential of how, how much comes from what we talk about. So I'm just like, man, I have to capitalize on this conversation. And it just hit me within like the last 30 minutes because I realized I was writing the same show twice Mm -hmm. when I was preparing. So this one came out extremely well. So um, take a few minutes to give yourself some free promo because I definitely want people to be able to access you um, and all of the things that you're doing individually and collectively with Kiera for the best friends talking shit and all of those great <laughs> things. So given your information. Uh, so you guys can find me every morning on Instagram for your motivational minute um, at Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Um, I have my own personal podcast where we talk about just spiritual building and just who we are as individuals. Um, I think tomorrow we're talking about spiritual terrorism, which I think is a dope topic. Mm-hmm. You can find me again there at Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. Um, I host Kiara every Monday and Wednesday for Best Friends Talking Shit, and that's um, live Mondays and Wednesdays on YouTube at Best Friends Talking Shit. But we're also on like Apple, Google, things of that nature. So if you can't catch it live, you can catch us there. And I just, I be around. Like, I, I'm wherever <laughs> life takes me. So we'll, we'll be in touch definitely around <laughs> but um this is one of my kindred spirits and my sister and um in this this tribal um connection that we do have we share um so many different affirmations we affirm each other we tell each mm-hmm. other how we feel um and this is a very fresh and new relationship this is not like something that you would have you know you wouldn't have this kind of bond this early for most of the relationships that some of you may have, but this is like my for real sister and it didn't take long you at know? all. Yeah. We don't like, we feel like, you know, in other lives, we probably been like roadies forever. Yeah. And this is what, um, this is what comes of 
the conversations that we have, you get this, what you're listening to now. So um, I hope you were gifted with the information that she did share. If, in fact, you want to follow me, you can follow me at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And the show page that I use for um, this show and also change the subject can be found on Instagram at the subject change. I want to extend a um, welcome to any woman who has anything that they would like to share with men and concerns to growth, um, awareness, transparency, and all of the things that have been aforementioned on the previous episodes. If you feel like there's something that you can contribute to this conversation, please, please, please reach out and um, extend yourself. I'm definitely welcoming and I will receive you the way that you're supposed to be received. Um, and we can definitely chop something up on the air as well. So hopefully there's somebody that has something to share so we can continue this conversation. This has been episode. No, I don't say episode. I say lesson because women are teaching. This is lesson number four of teach me how to love you better. I will see you guys in two weeks. Peace and blessings. <laughs>